0: Alright, welcome to another episode of Piecing It Together, the podcast where we take a look at a new movie and try to figure out what movies inspired it. And today, we are doing a special episode. This isn't actually an episode of Piecing It Together at all. This is an episode of my other podcast, Bird Road, which hopefully you are subscribed to. But... If you are not, and you haven't heard this already, a couple weeks ago, we took a look at the documentary Boys State from A24 and Apple TV, and it is a fantastic documentary, a great film. And something we took a full episode to talk about. And we had a great guest on, Elijah Manley, who actually participated in Boys State a few years back. So it was some really great insight into the program. And, uh, you know, we we got a few puzzle pieces in at the end of the conversation as well. So we tied it all back to the whole piecing it together thing. So for those of you who haven't heard it over on Bird Road... Now you're going to get to hear it here on Piecing It Together. So, as always, I want to remind you, before we get into that, make sure you're subscribed to Piecing It Together, wherever it is you listen to podcasts, and you can, of course, subscribe to Bird Road while you're at it. And follow us on social media, at Piecing Pod, and join our Facebook group, Popcorn and Puzzle Pieces, where we talk about all the movies we talk about on the show. And other than that, I think it's time to get into this conversation about Boys State. <music>
1: You. I'm Jewish Dave. And this is Bird Road. This is Bird Road. So Dave, we're doing a little film analysis today, a little film review. We're going to dive into a compelling new documentary. Maybe it's a little terrifying. I know it can seem like the Zoomers are a little terrifying sometimes. But before we jump into it, first things first, I want to introduce our guest. Uh, we're going to do a little intro to the movie, and we're going to talk about it before we jump into our conversation. But I want you all to uh, welcome our returning champion and our, our two-time guest, fresh off of his electrifying run to the Florida State House District 94 primary it's Elijah Manley Elijah welcome back to Bird Road thank you for having me on again so we, before we get to our little review I want to drop a little plug in here to let everyone know Elijah unfortunately did not win his campaign which he ran on a shoestring budget got everything he could out of it against a really strong incumbent he went up against an opponent with like all the institutional support in the world all the corporate backing in the world. Outraised him by, I think about, by a factor of about eight. And it's not easy to be an upstart, progressive a leftist in this state or in this country. It's not easy to swear off corporate cash. And um, Elijah left it all out on the court. He finished in what's called campaign debt, which is a thing. It's not that weird of a thing. It's pretty common. Kamala Harris's campaign finished in campaign debt. A lot of other campaigns, uh, the high profile campaigns that you know about finishing campaign debt, nowhere near as uh, little as as what Elijah finished in. So help him out head over to act blue we're going to have a link in the uh, in the show note description you can also check out elijahmanley.com go over there contribute help close the gap so that elijah can run for something else as soon as possible because we need him uh, we need him in office we need people like him in office so on to the show dave what were you doing between 11th and 12th grade i want you to transport yourself back to the Poconos back in in the in the late 90s
0: sure yeah uh, my life and my Interests in my areas of expertise included things like video games and uh, sneaking french fries into movie theaters and uh, generally uh, a lot of like Wu-Tang and stuff like that. Like that's where my interest lied at that time.
1: Okay, that's pretty normal, I think. I mean, I was more like, you know, trying to hook up with girls and just, you know, playing sports and trying to enjoy myself. But there was this whole crowd that was already at that age very plugged in. And very aware, um, not just of of their surroundings like you and I probably weren't, <laughs> but more like aware socially and 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 um you know aware politically and ready to sort of get started on their career. Uh, and for those people, there's a program that's part of this sort of like in, invisible infrastructure in our country, and it's called Boys State. There is a Girl State too, but for the purposes of this of this episode, we're talking about Boys State which is a summer leadership and citizenship program for high school juniors heading into 12th grade. And it focuses on the mechanics of American government and politics. Um, it's sort of inherently militaristic because it's run by the American Legion, but it doesn't solely focus on that. The gaze is sort of inherently pro-US. It's kind of pro-empire. Uh, in most conservative states, it's, it takes on this sort of pro-conservative sheen. Mm-hmm. And it's an explicitly political event. So that part of it is supercharged, especially these days. Um, so that is the program Boy State, this sort of invisible piece of infrastructure that a lot of us, people like you and I, when we were dumbass 17 year olds, never interacted with, probably didn't even really know about. Sure. Dave, tell us about Boy State, the documentary that we're talking about today.
0: So this documentary just came out on Apple TV, and it's also distributed by A24. Uh, It was picked up, I believe, a record sum, if not a record, a very high amount for a documentary uh, at Sundance earlier this year after winning the uh, documentary Grand Jury Prize. It's directed by uh, Jesse Moss and Amanda McBain, who previously made the highly acclaimed 2014 documentary, The Overnighters, and just kind of captures... Uh, this, this phenomenon known as boys stay in a way, we'll get into it more in the conversation, but A24 is known for their horror movies and this movie is absolutely chilling.
1: Yeah. So a quick note, the subject matter of the movie is from 2018. So all these kids are adults now. So I think it's okay for us to kind of bust their balls a little bit and and, and make fun of them a little, (laughs) but we brought in our own zoomer to be able to do that. Our own Gen Z guy. Um, and I think he's going to be able to help us out a little, uh, some folks that have attended, state in the movie they mentioned bill clinton cory booker dick cheney rush limbaugh how about this dave tim cook michael jordan john bon jovi john yeah. bon jovi uh garth brooks neil armstrong and uh, harry Reid from from oh, our old neck of the woods you left out the best uh, one roger, roger ebert roger ebert i didn't see that one <laughs> yeah so there was this wasn't an accident that we picked um elijah to join us um he I was looking for guests for this show, Elijah, and I came up on an old Insta post of yours because I was randomly Googling around, like, who do I know who might have been a part of this? And uh, for some of you that might not know, not only was Elijah a selection um, for Boy State 2016 delegation, but along with being a statesman, he was actually uh, Speaker of the House Pro tempore. So, Elijah, tell us about your experience at Boy State. I assume you went up to Tallahassee. Um, what was it like?
2: It was a really fun experience. I I remember when I first walked into the American Legion post, I was in uh, JROTC at the time. Um, I was in um, my Navy JROTC at Fort Lauderdale High School. And I remember one of my friends talking about it and I'm like, what is this mess? So I remember uh, going to the American Legion and there were some guys in some uniforms and they were just staring me down and I'm like, oh Lord, it's another ROTC program or something. Um, but they, they didn't really ask any, they, they asked a few questions about patriotism, all of, the, all of that, about, you know, our character. They wanted to know a lot about us um, as individuals. And I got selected. And um, I was sent to Tallahassee. And, you know, our post, they wanted me to run for governor of Boys State. They wanted a governor from Broward uh, at Boys State. So it was a really fun experience to get there and have hundreds of young people um, who uh, were from different places across the state. Um, with different political beliefs, uh, different backgrounds, different family backgrounds, different interests. It was a really fun experience. So I think it kind of was the catalyst of me running for office in a way, too.
1: That's cool that it was like sort of a, or a little bit of a part of your origin story. I didn't know that you were part of ROTC. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I, it's it's a really common thing. Dave, did you guys have big ROTC in Pennsylvania or no? Uh,
0: not really, I don't think
1: yeah and see i went to high school in north carolina and it was big there it wasn't so big in um i went to middle school and elementary school in, in north in uh, new york and what we had was um civil air patrol which i'm sure we had rotc too but it's funny because there's sort of these they're they're like quasi-militaristic organizations and i don't know how fully formed your politics were back then i mean did you feel weird at all did you have to like modulate your language or were you very forthcoming about you you know, your political beliefs back then, or like, how how did you handle that during the whole vetting process when they were deciding on you? For the American Legion or for, uh, yeah. Like when you went in front of the American Legion, um, to, you know, for, to, to apply for Boy state.
2: Um, I don't really remember them delving too deep into my political beliefs. I I remember them wanting to know more about my character. If I was in trouble before with law enforcement, if I had anything, uh, they needed to know about. Um, and, uh, they just really wanted to know the character of the individuals as well as, um, you know, really how patriotic we were to the country. Um, and maybe not, you know, just the country itself, but to our own community. So it was a plus to have done things in your own community. It was a plus to have been able to work in your own community and do things that all added to the uh, application as well.
1: So uh, I don't know if you had a chance to see it. Cause I feel like, did I tip you off to this movie or did, were you kind of aware of this movie already before? I, I
2: saw ass about it, but, I think you kind of got me to really watch it, and I didn't know one of my friends, Stephen Garza, was actually in it until you know. I yeah, and we're gonna it. get <laughs> into Stephen. It was, it was <laughs>
1: we're gonna we're gonna talk a lot about Stephen Garza. Um, I, I say that to to bring up the concept of the um, or to, to invoke the idea of the social media response, Dave, that that came out around this, because in this modern age, people see um, behind the scenes at the, at a place like this, and they see that it's um, like a little scary and a little bit like or not scary scary is not the right word a, a little like aggressive and macho and misogynistic and that was a lot of the wording and a lot of the, the reception that it got on social media and i feel like that comes from people who didn't i don't know grow up in participating in like all boys stuff all mm-hmm. i saw was really just dumbass teenager. teenagers teenage boys being dumbass teenage boys. I'm wondering if you how did you feel? Or how, how did you receive that when you were doing your tour? And like, were you kind of looking around like, oh, these guys are all dumbasses? Or were you like, hey, I'm, I'm a teenager, too. I'm a dumbass, too. And, and just kind of having fun with it. Like, what was that experience like?
2: I guess when I already went, I was kind of already political. You know, when we first got on the bus, you know, everyone was like, are you running for governor? Are you running for governor of a uh, Boys State already? I was already kind of involved. A little bit here locally so you know i already had the name a little bit um i just saw teenagers it was the same as in high school you know people you know who just wanted to go because they they wanted to get away from home during the summer um okay. people who wanted to go because you know they they didn't have anything else to do and then there were people who really were really in a politics like who really actually wanted to become the actual governor in like 15 yeah. 20 years people who they, were really well, you ambitious. saw some
1: people like that there were i mean did you recognize the archetypes of the people in the movie from people that you actually met in real life, like the, the go getter and the guy who's just there because he's the popular guy and stuff like that?
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, there were people who were just, you know, they were popular, they're going to go to UF or something. And then there were people who, you know, they really thought, you know, they're going to be governor in the future. They had the really ambitious people, people who just, you know, the moment they stepped off the bus, they were, you know, <laughs> everybody had a, you know, they, they had a little clique of 100 people with them. So, right. Um, it was great to navigate. I did, you know, it was just like anything you'd see anywhere. It's like put a, you know, a bunch of boys in a to sleepover in a house. It'll be the same thing, it was, yeah. except you know we were in the state capital.
1: Dave, how did you sort of come to the like? How, how did you process the social media reaction to this? And I, I, I know you weren't a sports guy growing up, and right. that's like a big difference between me and you is that I, you know, went to you know football camp and basketball camp, and I played football and basketball and. Did a lot of all guys stuff in that era of, of high school, and you didn't so much. So I mean, like, how did you process and see and and see the kids acting like kids? Did you think like, oh my god, this I'm weeping for the future, or is this just like, uh, ah, well, yeah, I knew that. People have well, kids, especially at that age. are like that.
0: I certainly grew up uh, around my fair share of grossness, you know, as far as guys are concerned, and so I was certainly uh, knew that that's the way that things are. I think that the what you're seeing though kind of flies in the face of what we're uh, w- what we're being kind of told that people are evolving from to something that's a little bit maybe you know uh, you know a little bit classier, a little bit, uh, not so aggressive, you know, in, in what we're supposed to be getting to. And so and then you, you see all of these thousand teenagers just, just going crazy and everything and Lord of the flies style, you know, and you're like, geez, wow, this, uh, this is what teenagers still are like, I guess. And it really is still this crazy.
1: So I have a couple, I have a few clips that I want to play during, during the course of this. And w- the first one is to your point, Dave, Um, I'm going to play a a clip of a guy who was not a main character. And we actually only saw him for a minute. He was running for governor of the, um, governor of the federalist party. His name was Wyatt Schaefer. And we know that because he yells his name, Wyatt Schaefer. And I want to get your reaction, Elijah, to like, I'm trying to picture a situation where younger, you know, 17 year old Elijah, uh, Elijah Manley was in a room doing politics with people like this. And and it's, it's a pretty um, conservative, re- regressive kid, at, shockingly, at this young age. But this is Wyatt Schaefer.
2: I'm going to use this devotion to see change for this year's nationalists and to pressure the Federalists into a state of absolute submission. Yeah! Yes! Do you want a chairman who will act for each and every one of your personal desires? Then vote for Wyatt Schaefer. Do you want a chairman for the people? Yes! Then vote for Wyatt Schaefer! Yes! Yes!
1: So, was there a lot of that energy at your time when you were there?
2: Yeah, I mean, it sounds uh, really familiar. I mean, we had guys like that, and, you know, we were really rah rah type of people yeah. who tried to rile up the place. And it was very conservative. I mean, I saw with the Texas Boys stable in Florida, it was really conservative. It was all about abortion and guns again. Um, I don't know how the hell I got to let it through all of that. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I did. I, I lost the governorship though I ran for the governor but I lost him in the federalist primary i was in a I was a federalist uh, lost in the primary there because I kind of took the I tried to adapt to the you know it was really white and really conservative and guns yeah. and all So I tried to play the Trump card a little bit, bully my way through, but it didn't work in the Federalist Party. It would have worked in the Nationalist (laughs) though, but it didn't work in the Federalist Party. So I lost. But I ended up uh, becoming a Speaker Pro Temp, which is like the most powerful like legislative position. So I ended up doing that, and I don't know how I did it, but you did have a lot of people, you know, who were really rah rah and petty, and it was interesting.
1: that's funny because one of the things that I noticed and I went into this documentary without a lot of expectations, I assume that there were, these these would be young kids that make lots of mistakes and are taken by people like Wyatt that we just heard. And, and you know, um, I mean, shit, this country was taken in by somebody like that four years ago and the whole country voted for the, Well, half the country voted for somebody like that. But surprisingly, as we get into some of the ki- some of the people that um, that ended up doing really well in this documentary, uh, people who are surprising, have surprisingly really good politics. Um, it seemed like the kids would get hyped up and laugh and clap for people like Wyatt, and I don't mean to pick on Wyatt, but he was the craziest one that, I, that we saw in the documentary. Um, it seemed like they would really kind of get amped up by him, but they, those kind of people didn't really do well. It seemed like, and I, I want to actually throw this over to you, Dave. Like, were you surprised by that? Cause we talked last week on the show. When we were talking with James, our last guest, I hadn't seen this documentary yet. But you were saying, like, oh, I'm a little worried because, like, you watch this and you're scared that, that yeah. these kids are going to be making the same mistakes that we made. But it seems like in a lot of cases, when you thought that they would get swept up by people who were more explosive or bombastic, they end up making the the right choice. So, like, were you surprised on, like, a second rewatch of that, Dave? Or, like, I don't know. What did, what did you think?
0: I mean, I guess... I guess it's kind of almost like a silver lining kind of, you know, mentality, like where hopefully there is some, you know, some positive outlook in this. And certainly I don't think it's meant to frame everything as doom and gloom as maybe I'm taking away from
1: it. Maybe that's just in my nature. Yeah, that is you. You're like Eeyore. You're like ready to... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, look, I want to, I want to, I want to jump into some of these, these people. They focused the documentary on four specific characters, four people, four subjects. And the first one is somebody that, um, that Elijah actually, uh, to my surprise, he told me that he, he knows and that he's friends with it's Steven Garza. I'm going to play a little introduction of, of Steven that I found to be, um, you know, worthy. Good morning. Good morning good 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 excited good okay. i'm Stephen garza did your parents come
2: with you huh did your parents come with you
1: oh no they're not no they, they, they have work yeah and I, I picked that clip because of all the people that we meet during the show and we see the inside of a lot of the people's houses Stephen is clearly the one who most identifiably comes from a working class background and like his parents had to work that day they couldn't just bring him to this event and those of us who come from like those kind of backgrounds we recognize that and we see that um i I, I think we have a lot of really positive things to say about Stephen, but elijah i'd love to hear what what you have to say about him
2: i think he's really bright i knew him for about almost four years now actually i remember he was how did you guys meet I think it was over social media. He was really big into like Bernie 2016 stuff. And I remember when I first went to Boise State, like he was really, you know, interested in that stuff, um, in politics. And He was a really big Bernie person in 2016. Um, so that's how we met. And we kind of just stay connected through social media, stay following each other. So I think he really does have a big passion for politics. That's good. I can see some really bright things um, in his future, too.
1: Yeah, it's it's funny because one of the things that I noticed about Stephen, um, who kind of ends up being the star of this movie a little bit, mm-hmm. is I don't know. If, tell, Dave, tell me if you follow, if you saw this, if you noticed this or not. At the beginning of the movie, he's very gregarious, very friendly. He's trying to meet people. He doesn't really know anybody there. And Elijah, I wonder if this like mirrored your experience a little bit too. Um, he was a little bit of an odd peg in, in in a you know in 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 his surroundings at this very conservative place, and. They make a point of showing you him at the beginning of the week, sort of walking alone to a lot of places. And he's by himself and he's talking to the camera and, you know, giving his interview, his testimonial. About like a quarter of the way through the movie, he's got two or three people around him that end up being like sort of his close, helpful confidants in his campaign to become uh, the nationalist gubernatorial candidate. Like halfway through the movie, he's got like a crowd of like 10 or 12 people. And then by the end of the movie, he's got like 50 people, 60 people behind him. And I thought that that was fascinating. And if you just listen to him talk in this, in this, in this, in this doc, you'll hear how talented he is. And I think that he also has sort of like that, I don't know what it is, but that like magnetism that, that helps people, you know, inspire leadership. I mean, did did you catch that, Dave?
0: Yeah. I think that actually speaks a lot to the talent of these filmmakers that, because from what I understand, they uh they decided on who they were going to follow ahead of time and the fact that they found him and decided this is this is the guy to follow you know is really interesting as far as like wow like what did they see exactly going into it they must have seen some kind of spark in him that he would be able to uh attract you know a base
2: of of followers like that
1: elijah how'd you think he like came off i mean generally in the movie
2: I think I can hear my niece deciding what she thinks. That.
1: <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> Me, little nieces are welcome on, on Bird Road all the time.
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, I was thinking about that too at the very I saw how they kind of focused on a specific person, mm-hmm. um, and I think that was smart. Maybe the maybe the um, the boys didn't know, like, at the beginning. They probably thought somebody was just, you know, just recording their interactions, which was kind of the case at Florida Boys State too, but uh, I think the Filmmakers were really smart to focus on just to find a talent, to find like that riff as well, to focus mm-hmm. on the people who have that talent and yeah. focus on people who are going to, you know, be the, the you know, roaring people who are going to scream mm-hmm. and like try to excite people. So they kind of figured out who those personalities were ahead of time. And that was really good. And you find that stuff out on the bus, you know, when everyone mm-hmm. gets on that bus and so take mm-hmm. that eight hour drive, you you really start to see who's the, who's the troublemakers, <laughs> I, I'll call them. <laughs>
1: Making my point again that Miami should be the capital of Florida. It's ridiculous that Tallahassee is the capital of Florida. Like some come people on, say, right? Orlando. But <laughs> okay, Orlando. Even Orlando. Fine. Like I'll, I'll even take that. But uh, I'll yeah. It. No, <laughs> um, I one thing that I I was thinking of you when I saw this and uh and I rewatched it and I was I was trying to think uh, of somebody like you up there in Tallahassee, uh you know Stephen in this case in Austin trying to modulate your language a little bit like i I noticed that he used in his really rousing introductory speech he used some language that you usually associate maybe it shouldn't be this way but you usually associate this kind of language with more like conservative orators and uh, he used words like patriot and loving america and bootstrapping and when he talked about um how his can how his campaign wouldn't support secession because of his respect for you know, the American Legion troops and things like that. That's not a thing that you hear that often from uh, progressives. That's not really a line that, that you hear. Maybe it should be. I don't know. What did you think of that? And in your experience when you were getting up there and talking to people, did you find yourself sort of trying to hit the right tone and use language that you don't always maybe use naturally in your normal, you know, political life?
2: Yeah, I, I mean, I tried. I tried to be authentic in a way to in a for the most part, too, it was difficult because you know most of the boys were from a lot of them were from northern Florida too, and they were really conservative, and you know, yeah, you, you know, they were really Trump. This was around the time when Trump was running. This was right before the 2016 election. I mean, when there were you know a lot of them were really Trumpy. So I had my my clique when I first came in, and then we easily had to separate because we got there, we went to different places. It was separated from you know the people you're on a bus with, you probably not haven't seen again until the end. Um, so I kind of had, you know, I was put in places with people who were from different places who <laughs> who thought socialism was the devil, all of this good stuff. Um, and I found myself having to kind of, I don't want to say I didn't change any views or anything, but just kind of be more, you know, open and listening to what other people were yeah. saying, what other voice were saying. And when I was running for governor, I learned this the hard way. I think, you just bring me, just bring uh, back up something you said earlier. Um, where, you know, they might be joking and playing around a lot, but a lot of them were more serious than we thought. It's just, that was the behavior. But when it came time to vote, they didn't really want that, you know, Trumpy kind of feel. It was, you know, They were looking for
1: real leaders. They were looking for somebody who would really fill the role. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So I messed up. (laughs) But I did kind of have to, you know, be a little bit more careful what I was saying, Um, you know, and I wasn't a really big gun person at the time like gun control person so my big thing which attracted a lot of them to me was you know i don't want to say opposition to gun control but more or less you know really supportive of the second amendment yeah. so you know my views on abortion and i was not willing to change that at all but when i would talk about you know second amendment right to bear arms and oh look a black guy who's lefty talking about <laughs> second amendment so it
1: was uh dave you and I were surprised because we were sort of chatting. I was chatting with you um, on Messenger while I was watching this movie. We were surprised that for seventeen-year-old kids, abortion is an issue that they're. T- and I know it's Texas. I know it's Texas. Sure. And if you go to Michigan, or if you went to, I don't know, New York, or if you went to Oregon or something like that, maybe it's not the thing that's up on on uh, on everybody's platform. But you and I were talking about how surprised we were right that abortion was something that that these 17 year old kids were talking about I, i'd say like 80 percent of
0: all the issues are abortion and gun control and like yeah th- th- that that way. takes that takes
1: up all the air <laughs> it was it was crazy i couldn't i couldn't believe it i thought that they'd be talking about other stuff like i mean i didn't hear them mention climate change one time but again again i guess that that's i mean they're the ones that are going to be way more affected but <laughs> i mean were, were they was was that a, was that an issue that you guys addressed at all during your time in 2016 or no
2: I, I certainly addressed it, uh, you know, myself and a few other people, but those bills always died. Like every single one of those <laughs> bills, they they were the first on the chopping block. Oh, just box. like real
1: life, you mean, just like <laughs> actual Congress. <drunkers.
2: laughs> I, I was like, I was speaker pro temp. So even like the speaker of the house was just a figurehead role, was just banging the gavel, but the pro temp like controlled the calendar and decided which bills uh, were hers. So I was really powerful and I got to kill a lot of bills, but it was still a really conservative faction in like the house who just kind of like tried to do a coup against me. So I kind of identify with the the young man in the video who they were trying to
1: impeach. They tried to 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 impeach you. They tried to impeach you? Oh, okay. All right. See, Mm -hmm. we're going to get to young Obama in a second because he's from (laughs) Chicago. He's got a lot of similar Obama energy, although I think he's probably going to end up being more like on the advisory side, if I had to guess uh, and predict this this kid's um, political future. Uh, Before we get to him, I want to talk about my favorite character in the movie and not the best character at all because i think one day i'm probably going to be casting my vote for stephen garza for president and uh like right after elijah manley finishes his term um so but robert mcdougall okay robert <laughs> mcdougall was a nationalist, second place you knew i would love this guy oh, you yeah. knew i would love i see myself in high school in this guy if somebody told me 17 year old me we're gonna drop you in a political theater of some kind for a week. I would be completely clueless, like this guy was, and I would just be waffling back and forth and wondering who is gonna do a push-up contest with me. That's all I would care about at age seventeen. So, Robert McDougall was the national, uh, the nationalists' second place gubernatorial candidate. Maybe the most complex character in this in this movie. Um, he's kind of a handsome cavalier goofball from Austin. Clearly comes from wealth. Uh, said that he had already settled on going to West Point, like when he was a, when he was a young kid. And I, I kind of, I think that he's harmless in a way because I don't see him as being a person who's actually going to end up being in politics. Like this is the kind of guy who's going to end up as like a vice president at like a textiles company, or he's going to like own a Ford dealership or something. He's not going to be, I don't think a politician. I want to play just our little introduction to to robert really quick
0: all my friends are wondering now where do i want to go to college what, what do i want to do and i guess i've always had the luxury of knowing I'm, I'm only applying to west point i'm only applying one place people say these things like so polarized now but you look back we were just as polarized in the eighteen hundreds then again back then they were debating slavery then there was a the civil war So.
2: Though it is at least somewhat of a problem.
1: <laughs> this guy's just generally clueless, and I love him for it. I, he ends up losing, of course, to Steven Garza. Um, He—I don't know. There's just something magnetic about this guy, even though his politics are terrible. Later on, we find out that he's actually more of a progressive and more of a liberal than he's saying he is. He mm-hmm. says that he actually is, you know, pro-choice, and he has all these. But he just chooses. You know, we were talking a second ago about how, like, okay, well, I don't want to, I want, I want to, like, try to appeal to people, but I don't want to just outwardly lie about who I am. But Elijah, in this case, this is somebody who, who chose that path, who was just like, no, I'm just going to lie and make things up. Did you, did you, did you, like, meet a lot of people? Was there a lot of that going on, I guess?
2: Yeah, well, there was was quite a bit of it, um, actually. I mean, I lost to, uh, I lost uh, to someone in the primary who was kind of like that. Well, actually, no. I think on the other side, there was somebody who was like that, and they almost had their their nomination. But I was running for speaker against a few of them, and um, I don't know how I made it through, but this person would just, you know, make up things and talk about things. I know they didn't believe because, you know, I, I we were uh, – there were, there were a couple of dorms down from me, so we were on the same floor. We spoke and everything, and, you know, it was just really not, like – conservative at all they were just really clueless about politics and yeah. if they if they take a guess where they were on the political uh on the political uh landscape i would say they would probably be left of center but you know they were the most conservative person there they were making <laughs> <they cannot laughs> going. They, they, they knew how to pander and i'm like that person has a real bright future in politics but there were a lot of honest people too people who really uh you know they might have been conservative but they were kind of honest you know i'll listen i'll try to you know Uh, make friends and see what you guys think about things. And then there were people who were really unabashedly like pro-Trump and really pro-gun and didn't care what anyone thought. And like they got their way in a lot of ways
1: too. It's funny this mishmash, Dave. I want to know what you thought of Robert because I could tell that – I know that you you must have known that that was a guy that I was going to like. Oh, for sure, yeah. Like, what, what did you think of Robert? I, I think he was like a pisser, you know? <laughs> he,
0: was <just laughs> he was a complete pisser, yeah. He was, a,
1: he was a total pisser. He was like, at one point, I got another, another clip of him, like challenging random people that he's trying to get their signatures for their votes to push ups. I have key points. I feel like trying to find a middle ground is going to leave nobody happy. You're going to be the guy who's standing there while one person raises their hand for you. you, you know, up push ups, come on, push ups. Let's go.
0: Push
2: ups, come on, anybody? Anybody? Push ups. Nah, if you want to do push, push ups right now, <laughs> it kind Great. of sounds like Bill Clinton a little bit.
1: <laughs> he's got a lot of Clinton. He's got a lot of W energy too. I think I feel like he's, sure. he's got a lot of Bush energy. Um, definitely comes from you know a family like like that. Uh, he's he's you can tell when they when they give us a glimpse inside his home. He's pretty well off, and uh, that plays I'm sure a lot into his. It, what I was going to say is like the thing that's interesting to me about robert and people like him is sort of how loosely like it shows like how your politics when you're a kid for the most part unless you're somebody like elijah like for the most part it's really just this mishmash of things that your parents have told you that you agree with things that your parents told you that you don't agree with and you don't want to be like them things that maybe you saw on tv or things that Show. you just yeah or things that you think are cool like if you're you think guns are just cool like you know you end up being attracted to politics that support that and i don't know i think that there's this is like sort of like a primordial like swamp right where all that stuff to elijah's point earlier it's like these people aren't really fully formed yet I, i mean were you fully formed at that point or no like i mean you you have known who you are for a while now but like what how, what do you think about yourself when you think of yourself back then versus now
2: uh i mean i was probably still a lot like light years ahead of a lot of my peers for sure um there were still things i don't agree with now that i agree with back then of course um but i think i was in a a good place politically with my views um i've definitely moved a lot more to the left but i've become more pragmatic in ways uh, too i guess that's just what happens you get a little older you become more you don't know, really change too much you just become more you know you just kind of take the reality in but uh i kind of got that stuff uh you know early on but a lot of my peers were really you know i see a lot of my peers now just you know they're at the stage i was at when i was 15 or 16 politically and now they're starting just to figuring out. things out they're just figuring it out and i'm like keep going keep going i'll see you on the other side
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. um dave make a prediction for us what's what, what are we, what's what's robert going to be doing in in 20 years where are we going to see him I mean, possibly in movies that I, I want to see that version yeah. of Robert. He needs to improve his enunciation a little bit. It's, you know, his elocution is a little, a little. Uh, a little I, I could see him
0: and, may, maybe in a very like slice of life real movie, like a Richard Linklater or something like that. You oh know? my
1: god, I was thinking of like he looked like he would be a character in a Richard Linklater movie. Yeah, uh, like a hundred percent. Like he would be the <laughs> baseball player who's you know deciding which between like which girl he's gonna hook up with or whatever. Like that's. <laughs>
2: He, he he looks like I mean with a name like that and going to West Point he looks like someone who could be running for Senate to be honest
1: like go back yeah he could he could very easily like go back and and I mean look you're talking about a state <laughs> you're talking about a state where like uh, Jeb Bush's kid George Prescott Bush is probably going to be like the next governor and hasn't really accomplished or done very much he'll probably he'll probably be president one day or something like that if he is president. I will say that the person running his campaign could be somebody like the next character from the movie, which is a guy who probably rankled a lot of a lot of people. Uh, ben Feinstein, who was the chair of the Federalist. Now Ben Feinstein was, um, I don't know, man, it's kind of easy to hate him and hard to hate him all at the same time. He's an—you uh, know 17 years old and he's an amputee who lost both of his legs to meningitis when he was a, a young kid and also has a um, you know deformed uh, deformation on his on his right arm. Um, here's, here's Ben introducing himself.
3: It's this guy. Reagan. It's Ronald Reagan. You know, some people say they're a sports junkie. I say I'm a politics junkie. The harder the conflict, the more glorious the triumph. We live in the greatest democracy in the world, and I feel like a big problem is there's a lot of people today that are willing to discount the idea that America truly is a great country. Hard work can still get you to where you want to go you just might have to work harder and it's like i think about me right like i'm an amputee right like it is not fair that i am missing my legs i am put at a disadvantage that most other people do not have to deal with but like clearly i've been reasonably successful and it's like i've had to work harder and i've had to work to overcome that and the more we keep focusing on these other factors like race or gender or disability, you know, and the less we pen it to individual failings, I think that's a very, very bad thing for this nation. And like, I think like we're individuals, right?
1: So Ben goes on to, after considering considering himself for a run at governor, he ends up being the chair of the Federalists, which is a, a really powerful position basically. You're kind of the kingmaker and you're kind of like running the campaigns for everybody um my from that was my understanding elijah what was your impression of of ben and i also want you to weigh in on whether or not uh the procedure because there's a the whole movie turns on a little bit of a some political gamesmanship where ben makes a procedural seems like it's sort of like a jurisdictional objection about whether or not in the district whether or not um his counterpart should be allowed to, you know, limit the Q and a portion of, of one of the governors. I, it went over my head and I'm wondering if you were watching that. And if you think like that was bullshit or if, if it was like, if it was a legit, you know, uh, maneuver on his part, what did you think of Ben? And also what did you think of his, uh, his little gamesmanship there?
2: Uh, I say he was really smart. I'm not going to lie. Uh, he, I, I mean, I would have needed him to help run my boy state governor's campaign. I could have been the governor if I had someone like him, um, <laughs> They were, you know, they sadly people like the Ben's uh, at Florida Boys State were with the other people, uh, with the nationalists, uh, of course. But uh, I think he, uh, I mean, he was really smart. Uh, I definitely don't share his ideas, especially, you know, along like what he perceives as, you know, individual fellings uh, and, uh his you know perspective on you know who's responsible in society for things so i definitely don't share that he seems to be a little bit well uh, a lot more conservative than than i am um, much
1: more conservative.
2: <laughs> a lot more conservative but i can definitely see him being someone who stays in politics uh or going to politics a lot of people in boy State end up going into politics uh um it, with the procedural thing, I kind of recognize a lot of it. Um, you know, when we got there in Boys State, we were organized into what they call cities. So, you know, we, when we were in boys state, we stayed at the FSU dorms. Uh, we stayed at, uh, you know, there were like two or three different buildings and we stayed at those buildings. Each floor was like a city. So, you know, you had like maybe, I don't know, uh, 50 to hundred people on the floor. Um, and that was a city. So on that city, you elected your mayor, your city council, and all of that, your police. Person. Oh yeah, they,
1: did, they didn't show much of that. Like, that was, a, I guess, a more granular level, you know, activity that this the documentary didn't really focus on, I suppose.
2: Yeah, so they, they did all of that, and those are the people who ran the floor. Make sure everybody was in bed by 10, made sure everybody was up, you know, ready to go um, at the same time. And then from there, you elect your, like, House of Representatives. Then you elect your like senate for the building, I guess, um, and then you you know from there you elect I mean you elect your governor too. But then you were in parties as well, so some people in your city wouldn't even wouldn't be in the same party. You'll have people who are federalists and nationalists in the same city. So a lot of the times you'll have like somebody who holds several positions. So you might have somebody who's the party chair, but they're also the mayor of like which
1: was the case the- in, in what, what in, in the situation we're talking about with the last character. We're going to talk about Rene Otero, who was the chairman of the nationalists. And I guess he was also what you're saying. He was like the the mayor of that particular city or something like that. Or in Texas, I guess they
2: call it districts or however they uh, separate people. But um, yeah, I mean, he was doing a job. I saw it as like he was doing his job, like whatever his job was. Like, yes, he's the party chair, but he's also like maybe the district leader there. So, Mm -hmm. you know, he has two jobs to do. So, um, I mean, I kind of thought, you know, the Ben guy was, you know, doing too much, to be honest. I thought he was just.
1: Yeah, very extra very extra but it's funny because he didn't drop the, if it was an act which i don't believe i think he, he's probably really like that he he didn't drop it when they were doing the interview and he was he made which sort of cemented my general dislike of the guy and it's hard to say you don't like a 17 year old kid with who you know a double amputee who has like a damaged hand and stuff like that it's like you, you don't want to say something like that as a 40 year old man but like Damn, I didn't like this kid, and he uh, and he he cemented it for me when he um, went into this whole diatribe about how conservatives are constantly dealing with, um, I forget, you know, bias, uh, you know, that, that conservatives are the ones always dealing with uphill road and they're always being presented badly and that was the reason that he stood up for me. I felt like jumping through the television. Dave, what did you think of um, of your fellow Jew, Ben, ben uh, Feinstein? <laughs> I don't claim him. Um, <laughs> yeah, no. He's in I, the tribe, man. You can't stop it. Come on. <laughs> I, I know exactly
0: what you mean, though. Like, you really, like, feel bad for, for just really disliking this kid. So, much but he just he just puts forth so much just like so much of a negative personality that it's just it's so hard to you know feel anything for him
1: yeah i don't picture him being a i picture two things for him and i want to hear what you think dave like what's a future for a kid like this i think he's going to be in politics or literally nothing else politics mm-hmm. is the only thing made for a guy like that i don't think anybody's ever going to cast a vote for him I think more likely he'll be sort of like an uh, like a like an Ari Fleischer type, like a, a speechwriter, coordinator, say, communications guy.
0: Yeah, I was going to say like conservative pundit or something like that. Conservative like,
1: pundit, maybe. That's where I. See what him I was going to say is even maybe a Roger Ailes type, and not the Roger Ailes that ran Fox News, but the Roger Ailes that ran communications for Richard Nixon way back in the seventies. Hmm. That kind of a. Sort of, you know, yeah. like frankly, a, a, a dirty double dealer kind of guy, any at, at at any cost kind of guy, like the kind of guy who would push, who would do push polling in South Carolina for George W. Bush, like, and do it really fucking well, like, just terribly well in a way that you, <laughs> it just Th- then we can the hate him at that point. <laughs> then it'll be all right. Yeah, it'll be a grown <laughs> grown ass man. We'll be in our seventies still, pod, still podcasting. Um, so. The last person I want to get to was somebody who I thought, you know, we're going to get to who we thought sort of won the movie. And I think Steven Garza, who we mentioned earlier, was probably the 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 guy who came off the best. But in my opinion, the person who won the movie was Rene Otero, who's a kid from Texas, who by way of Chicago, who I thought had just incredible obama style energy but maybe almost like more like a like a rama Manuel type or maybe more of like a james carville type where again another person he ended up being chairman for the nationalists Uh, another person who i don't know if people are ever going to vote for Rene otero to be something i think he might be the person who helps people win um in his political career sort of a mirror image of feinstein uh they clash during the course of the movie um, but he also gets the, uh, you know, he, he went through the same thing, obviously, that Elijah went through where, you know, they tried to impeach him. And because of that situation, he ends up with the movie's best burn, which was um, when the vote for impeachment comes nowhere near passing. Uh, he is able to get one of the best moments of the movie when he says this. <laughs>
2: That is about
0: 12 out of 550.
2: So I have a suggestion for your small numbers. Maybe start an intramural basketball team.
1: So good for him because if you watch the movie, you'll know that that, um, Based on some of the names and faces that were involved in the, the little like coup attempt against Renee, who is uh, uh, who, who is a young man of color, I, I, I'm not sure if he's like Afro Latin or if he's African American, but he, um, like the kids that were that were that were trying to get him ousted, you know, they were they looked the part. Let's just say that they looked like the kind of kids that would be trying to get him ousted, and uh, it was like. You know, later on, he was victim of um, a racist smear, a racist Instagram smear, basically. Um, I don't know. What did you think of of, of Renee Elijah?
2: I think he was a lot like me, Um, you know, when, you know, he was really quiet, you know, in the (laughs) beginning. He was just trying to navigate it. Like, how the hell do I navigate this, like, mostly white group of people? It's like, I'm probably one of very few black people here, and my politics is probably not like them. So I think he, uh, he. Yeah he navigated it best and by, you know, staying true to himself, but also trying to bring people together. Um, I just see myself in that a lot. When I first got there, I was, you know, I was, I was kind of popular, uh, (laughs) a little bit, but there were still, you know, a lot of like Trumpy people who were kind of racist at the same time. And, you know, I was speaker pro temp, so I controlled the house and, um, I do remember, you know, the coup attempt It uh, wasn't as dramatic as that. It was more of feeling you know, that kept trying to do procedural things. And, you know, because I was on the floor all the time, I just killed it. I said, we're not voting on this. We're not voting on this. I would just never let them vote on it. So what they kept doing every second was uh, doing something called division, what they would call division every second. So every single vote, we just do an I or an A. And then some kid in the back would get up and call division, which means now we have to do a roll call vote of everybody standing up. And
1: that was... Oh, it sounds like like a filibuster kind yeah. of almost, like the a procedural <laughs> right. filibuster basically. Which a filibuster is procedural itself, right. but um,
2: so I saw myself in that. I saw myself in 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 that a lot. But I also saw somebody who kind of had like kind of new political energy too. Like it did give me some Obama vibes, but also like some some. It just gave me some type of like new, uh, like someone like really had to work for something. Like you had to work, yeah. to get elected there.
1: That makes sense. Yeah. And beyond just the the aesthetics of being from Chicago and, and, and being similar to Obama in a lot of ways, like it, it also when he was being really frank and sitting down and talking to the camera and he said, like, OK, look, this is what I'm going to do. I got my job. I'm keeping my job no matter what. And I'll be able to sneak the things that I want to do in. By just agreeing with everybody, I feel like that's something that Obama ended up literally doing, and I wonder if he learned from that. I mean, it feels like uh, to, to, to varying degrees on this list of like the four people that they follow, you can sort of make a chart of like who was the most honest and who was the most dishonest. And I mean, you know, if if you do it that way, you could say that a guy like Ben Feinstein was very honest about who he is and straight up and straightforward, and Renee vicious cutthroat smart probably smarter than all of them he probably has like a, a higher ceiling in terms of you know what he wants to do in his career but also like maybe a little a little conniving right or am i wrong what do you I
2: think agree. i agree i think he kind of had to be in an environment like that he just yeah. you know there was no other way if he was just being authentic he would never have gotten elected completely um he, he had to kind of lie right. a little bit or kind of you know I mean, well, we don't like to use and possibly like to use, you know, tell it a different way, tell the story a different way. So he, uh, he kind of had to do a little bit of that. Um, and, you know, you're right. Someone like Ben was just being painfully honest. That's just who they are as a person, you know. That, you know they are, you know, they don't give a damn, they just adapt to the political circumstances as much as they could. It's all about winning. Whereas with Renee, it was all about, you know, you know, if I'm going to win and I'm going to be in this position, I might as well keep it type of situation. I was kind of, that way too right, uh, yeah. when I was there I wasn't fully like that I was just kind of like you know what I'm gonna let them pass all their gun control stuff you know not gun, all of their like pro-gun stuff
1: second amendment yeah
2: they might they might be trying to do a coup now but if I kill all of the like anti gun stuff uh, if I kill all of the uh, pro second amendment stuff then I'm really gonna have a coup <laughs> they're really gonna drag me out of Boy state so I kind of understand where he was coming from with that you know uh, you know what I'm in a position of power right now over 550 people you know what I'm just letting them do whatever they want. I'm still on the top right here. So,
1: Dave, what was your impression of, of Renee? I mean, I feel like almost like he's more dangerous, maybe dangerous in a good way, uh, than than any of the rest of them. What was your impression?
0: Well, yeah, I mean, dangerous depending on where he ends up and what he ends up doing uh, with himself. I mean, he definitely seems like the the kind of person who can you know, cast that kind of political spell over people where where the people who love him are going to just absolutely love him, you know, go, going forward in, in his probably political career. I mean, he really does seem like someone who is going to go in that direction. And, you know, thankfully, you know, one of the bright spots is that he, he seems like he'll probably be, at least for the most part, on the right side of things.
1: Yeah, yeah it's true. I mean, he, he, I think, has a really high ceiling... In terms of what he could end up being or could end up doing, I think that other than other than Stephen, I think that he shares this um, quality that's really not great. And I hope that it's not the case with a lot of the more like younger uh, generation of as as we see, you know, Gen Z become actually politically active. We see people like Elijah actually running for office against established people that that haven't really done as much as we want them to do. Um, I worry that there's that the lesson that they've learned from us is to 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 be um win at all costs isn't the right word I would say more like to me to be dubious to be like a little bit more like I don't know whatever it takes I will I will do whatever whatever is required of me to to win and I know sometimes I complain about how the Democrat part the Democratic Party doesn't do that enough and Republicans really are better at doing right that, you know but I I just hope that it doesn't really redound to that it's like it's like
0: the meme version of what uh people say you know politics or or politician yeah. is you know and and that that's what it's kind of playing into is to like really just solidifying that as the only way
1: it's like when you see a little kid pretending to act like a like an adult it's cute, but then when they get to be around 17 and you're, you're, or like 18 and they're like right there on the cusp of manhood or womanhood, you're like, oh, that's not cute anymore. They're actually going to go out there and kill somebody. <laughs> it's like they're going to start making choices and I'm going to be like, they're going to be making the decisions when I'm like 80. And oh, man, what's that going to mean? Um, so let's move on to like who we thought won the movie. Again, my favorite character for me was Robert McDougall, <laughs> the goofball, who... Probably gonna be a Burning Man one day, or be like a social media influencer, or something like that, or uh, be like an Instagram star, um, like Dan Bilzerian or something. But uh, I, I, for me, the person who want, who who kind of won the movie was Rene Otero. I would be I would not be surprised if he. Um, has job offers honestly like he seemed like a functionally i I don't know i don't know who's going to hire steven steven seems like he's going to be a movement under himself one day he's going to be somebody like elijah who runs for office and is the guy that is inspiring and that you want to get behind uh renee i think really created a career for himself in this movie um but dave what do you think
0: well i i definitely think what you're saying is probably right but at the same time i gotta go with steven garza because i mean you know, it's just such a bright spot, I think, in you know in a lot of just uh, really dark stuff when you like come down to you know, it dark, what, what all this politics Seeing is. Seeing the kids act like it's adults super dark. It can be
1: a little scary. It's like, damn, go play football. But
0: There was another character, though, that I did love. It was the guy who was uh, doing the Rubik's Cube while the Final Countdown was playing. Yeah, I think he also had a pretty have strong have the, showing the in this movie. Or the guy so. that did the
1: Shrek, the Shrek cover song. <laughs> That was sure. <laughs> I would have figured that would have been your favorite guy, Dave. Um, that was good. So too. Who, who, you you went with Steven, So Elijah, what, how about you? Yeah, Ooh, uh, I like a lot of that. Matter. Elijah, really, and just so everyone knows, Elijah has transported himself outside. He's now in the he's, he's now the in the wilds of, uh, <laughs> of, of of. This is a first yeah, for Bird. <laughs> from I outside, I think he's uh, <laughs> calling in now from the world. Fort Lauderdale. No. Where, where are you right now? Lauderhill? Where are you? I mean, I'm
2: in Fort Lauderdale. The wilderness of Fort Lauderdale.
1: <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Who won, who won the movie from from your perspective?
2: I like a lot of them. Like, I really like Renee because I kind of identify with, you know, the, how he had to navigate Boy State um, very much. Um, but I, I, I still got to go with Steven, even though I know Steven. Like, I think the addition to, you know, him as a character was a little bit about his story. Like, they kind of tie his story in. And he made that kind of resonate as well with you know with boys state as well so they were able to you know tie all of that in um you know his background his uh you know his background as a uh, uh with his family uh, as, uh immigrants and his struggle uh at boys state as well as his progressive policy specifically and how that kind of uh how he had to navigate boys State with that so there was a lot of additional contacts that we didn't get with like renee that kind of added yeah. to Steven, uh, as a, as a character. Um, and then it just kind of worked out well. I mean, the March for our lives thing, I was just talking to, uh, uh, Matt Deesh from uh, March for our lives the other day. We were just laughing about the whole David Hall thing, um, as well. He ha- he kind of had that background, <laughs> you know, of him already being active and stuff right. as well with March for our lives. So I think all of that added to him as a character, like the perfect like politician or the perfect community person and, I think that strengthened him as a character in it, whereas, it, you know, everyone else it could have seen, you know, was just there at the time. Whereas as Steven, you could kind of see this is somebody who had a really deep interest in politics, and this is like the beginning of his story, if that made sense.
1: Um, it's funny you bring that up because that's, that was one thing I wanted to ask, about, uh, ask you about, because if there was one big difference between 2016 and 2018, um, I would have to say the awareness, especially in the gun control debate, the awareness or the the the, um, the heightened level of talking about school shootings, right? Because right down the street from you, Marjorie Stoneman Douglas um, happened in those intervening years. The the tragedy there very much on the forefront. School security was very much on the forefront. In it seemed like in this Texas, um, uh, Boy State documentary. And sometimes it was being used as like, oh, well, we need to have more guns in school. There needs to be, you know, good guys with a gun to counter out the bad guys with a gun. Um, Was that a big thing for you guys? Were you guys thinking about that or talking about that? Because I don't know if some of those, like, for instance, Dave, remember we were talking about that, the school shooting that he talked about, uh, Stephen Garza talked about, that one completely flew over my head. I didn't even know that that had happened, and I looked it up, and there were yeah, you're like I didn't even remember that shot, and uh, ten people I think killed, in, in that I mean like there were so many of them. Happen. I know the uh, sorry, go ahead, Elijah.
2: From the the, uh, the Santa Fe, I know a lot of the families uh, from Santa Fe. I kind of travel to be with them. I know them well. Uh, Rosie Stone, who lost her uh, her son Chris Stone, uh, who's a hero. So a lot of a lot of that. But you know, in 2016, when I was at a uh, boy state. Uh, there was a lot of gun discussion, but it wasn't around, like, school safety, school security, school shooting type of gun stuff. It was just people being very pro-gun, and it was around that time of the election where everybody saw, oh, Hillary, Obama, they're going to try to take away our guns, whatever. But it wasn't around, like, it wasn't – I it was – it was polarizing still. It just wasn't because of, you know, like Storm and Douglas and shootings. And it was before that. But it was still, like, I say that plus abortion were the two biggest issues at our boys' state was guns and abortion. And I, if I had to take a guess on what the third one would be, it would be something, um, uh, something with, like, religion, you know, like prayer in school or something. It was really conservative stuff. So uh, I, I guess, like, their boys' state, like, was probably – a lot more contentious in a lot of ways because of all of the issues and the awareness people had going into it. But uh, ours was definitely more, um, I mean, it was less polarized in that sense.
1: Yeah. the, the There's a, a statement that um, Renee says at one point where he's talking about how his mother's concerned about him having to um, go. She said, Oh, it seems very conservative there. I'm worried about you. Let me know if you need me to come pick you up. And um, he says, no, I, I don't want her. I don't want her to come pick me up. Uh, he says, I feel like every liberal should have to do this. And I wonder what you think of that statement um, as somebody who actually participated in this, um, you know, Elijah, whether or not you agree with that. Like every liberal who's like, going to embark on a career in politics, having to go through sort of a little bit of a crucible Defending your, your your beliefs and uh, you know walking into like the lion's den as it were. What do
2: you oh, I I agree with it. I mean, if you can survive for boys' State, you can probably survive anything politically. Like, I was speaker pro temp. I led these like hundreds of these boys like in the house, and uh, it was a really it was really contentious having to try to navigate and come up with compromises and being in charge of that whole process. Like having a okay, we got to get because some of those bills. You know, whatever bills were passed, some of those bills actually got introduced into the actual state house. So it was kind of competition amongst a lot of the boys, you know, uh, get their bills passed so, you know, some representative could sponsor it. So it was really eye-opening where you had to listen to a lot of people's different points of views. And a lot of it wasn't, you know, arguing and fighting. A lot of it was, I feel this way. And a lot of it was, you know, they grew up, their background. This is where I'm from. This is just our lifestyle, how I grew up, how I was taught. You get to understand, like, why people feel certain things and a lot of those a lot of those boys were my friends and a lot of those boys are still my friends where they, they, they lean a lot more conservative but I understand them from a human perspective. So it kinda gives you insight, you know, as a human. And then you know it, it gave me insight as well as somebody who's in politics and probably will remain in politics on leadership, how to work with other people even if they might be a little bit different and you probably don't like them or their policies at all. Just having to deal with hundreds of boys and you know, navigate that and sit down with people and hey, we need to get this bill passed, what can we do, how can we change the language? I think, you know, most people who go into politics could really benefit from something like the Boys State program. And I think uh, they should expand that program and uh, and have more people, even if it's, it remains conservative. Uh, you know, uh, I think being hmm. in a den of people like that who were really conservative kind of helped uh, kind of helps you be able to defend your own views a lot better. You know, when I was there, my, I was really uh, passionate about certain things. I was passionate about police violence. I was passionate about climate stuff. I was passionate about anything having to do with poverty. And I was in a room full of people who didn't give a damn. <laughs> so the way to navigate, I just really learned how to defend my views a lot better because I had 100 people coming at me about it. So I learned how to really argue it down to the core and kind of understand why I felt that way about things. So it's something I think that could be a plus for a lot of people and everyone on the left should take advantage of programs like this because it really does help in the end. You build lifelong connections. One of my friends uh, from Boise State actually ran for city council this year. Uh, he lost, but he, uh, he'll he probably be making another return. Someone else who's, uh he was actually our governor's candidate. Someone else from Boise State that I know really well, uh, I think he went off to West Point. A lot of the boys that still follow them, they're doing bit stings. There's still a lot of connections you get to keep of people who will listen to you, even if their views and their policies are different than yours. Um, these are people who you'll be able to have conversations with and say, hey, um, we, we're, we're, we're brothers from boy State, and, you know, I think you need to take another look at this.
1: That's interesting. That's an interesting perspective. I hope it holds true, especially when you try to have, like, Constructive dialogues with people, you know, on the other side of the, on the other side of the aisle from you, um, Dave, I know we want to, we want to run this as a little bit on, on your feed too, as a piecing it together, Elijah, Dave has a podcast that's focused on movies and it's, um, and it has, actually it has a lot more listeners than me so maybe uh, you know maybe you'll get a you know some some piecing it together folks to jump in on the um, on the donation or the contribution button. but uh, the, the the theme of the podcast is basically to come up with movies that maybe were inspired a little bit and Dave had asked me to come up with some with, with a suggestion or two of movies that were inspired or maybe similar to this and um, I, the one that I couldn't stop thinking about was one that I didn't see until I was an adult but came out when I was a kid which is The War Room, Dave. Have you ever heard of The War Room? I've heard of it, yeah. I've never actually seen it, though. So The War Room is a 1993 documentary that's about, uh, it, it's set during the 1992 presidential election where um, Bill, Camp- Bill Clinton obviously ended up winning. Uh, it's focused on his campaign, and the main the main characters they follow are James Carville and George Stephanopoulos, who were huge parts of the Clinton world. Um, it starts in New Hampshire and goes all the way through, like, you know, all the primaries and... It touches on the Jennifer flower sca- scandal and all these other uh, sort of Democratic Party controversies and things like that. It was the first, like, real political, like, cinema verite, kind of like this. And it's very similar to this in that it shows you the behind-the-scenes machinations, and it shows you, like, oh, wow, these are pretty young people. Because Carville and Stephanopoulos were pretty young then, too. They were in sure. their, like, f- the 20s and 30s at the time. Uh, Stephanopoulos was, you know, a wonderkind; He was a young kid. And... Um, you know, you you see some of the people involved, and they're so much better at doing politics than the people on the other side. They understand the new era, the new age of you know this crazy new time called the '90s, right? And uh I I, I just thought like this was almost like a just a younger version of that. I don't know. What do you think, Dave?
0: Yeah, no, I, like I said, I haven't seen it, but just like to see those people who went on to, you know, do so much and like be just such known names when it comes to, uh, you know, this particular world and to see them at such a young age, I, I can totally see that.
1: Did you have a uh, a pick? Or did you not even bother to do the homework co- for your own co- <laughs> podcast? <laughs>
0: of course, I had one. Uh, I, I have a, I have a couple ideas. I mean, I kind of uh, threw out Lord of the Flies earlier, like just. But, oh, okay. Like, All right, you're going. You're going right on the nose. I guess I'm, go- right. I'm going right in there. But also another one though that I, that I thought of, and it, it's not that bad. But I I thought of uh, just the way that there's this camaraderie between these people who are also kind of just. Uh, total flat out competitors with each other at the same time. And I thought of American psycho and the, these Jeez. businessmen who are all just gathered around at lunch and they're yeah. all kind of like, they're friendly and they're, they're, you know, Oh, how's everything going? And they're, they're comparing their stories. And they're just and like
1: loathing each other. At the same yeah time.
0: just absolutely they're at each other's throats underneath it all,
1: you know? And
0: yeah. so that was the, the big one that to me kept coming up in my mind with this.
1: Huh, okay, I could see that. Um and then if I was going to put one that was like straight on the nose, I would say Election because I mean, sure. you know, it's a great movie, it should be. It's Every amazing. movie should be inspired by the movie Election. It's a it's, it's a great it's a great film. Elijah, last it. thoughts before we let you go. What what did what did you think of this represent? Did did this movie accurately represent what Boy State is? And, um, you know, what do you say to the folks out there who were sort of horrified (laughs) when they saw the way that, oh, my God, teenage boys actually act behind the scenes when Uh, nobody's uh, paying attention to them? I say it's healthy.
2: (laughs) It's really healthy. Uh, I mean, (laughs) if our young people are like that, hopefully, you know, a lot of it will grow out of. But I think it's great to allow, you know, young people to have a space like Boys State to really express their political beliefs, kind of argue, see what beliefs are probably BS <laughs> um, and try to uh, change them. Um, I think the movie was a pretty accurate, you know, reflection of voice uh, boy's state. Um, and I saw a lot of everything from procedures to how things work to the competitive nature to how serious people were about the competition as well. I think the film was really, really great. Um, I hear talks about there potentially being a Girl state movie. I have friends from high school who went to Girl girl's state um, and I went to, to boys state. Um, but it's a, it was a really good film. I really, really enjoyed it. And I can tell you for sure, my time at boys state was fun. And I really do believe during my time there, I probably, you know, worked with or sat down next to or slept uh, in the same dorm as somebody who might end up being like the next governor of Florida.
1: So watch it everybody. And, uh, as long as you're out there doing things that I tell you to do, um, also go check out elijahmanley.com um, find him on Act Blue. The link is going to be in the description of the show. Again, help him with a campaign donation. And the campaign's over with, but let's resolve, help resolve his uh, campaign debt so that he can run again in the future for uh, public office and and, uh, and 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 do proud those American Legionnaires from Boy State that had all that faith in him all those three years ago. <laughs> Elijah, thanks for coming on Bird Road. Of course, no problem. Hey, I'm Josh Bell. I'm Jason Harris. Hey, Josh, we're friends in real life, but we're also co-hosts on this new podcast called Awesome Movie Year, where we take a look back at an awesome year for movies and do a deep dive looking at movies, including The Best Picture winner, The Biggest Movie at the Box Office, Future Cult Classics, and more. Including The Biggest Flop. And this season, we're doing 1994. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts. That could be Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or Spotify. We're all over the web as well at Awesome Movie Year on all the socials and awesome MovieYear.com. so please like us subscribe and uh, if you do like us give us a five-star rating because we love you
0: all right so i hope you enjoyed that conversation over there on bird road uh hopefully we could cover documentaries in the future here on piecing it together it would be good to be able to include some of those there's been some great documentaries lately and i'm not a hundred percent sure if every documentary would really fit the whole puzzle pieces format but I think we'll try to squeeze some in in the future. And, of course, more crossovers with Bird Road because I love killing two birds with one stone. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I hope you enjoyed that. As always, I want to thank you all for listening. You can make sure you're subscribed uh, to Piecing It Together and to Bird Road over on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, Pocket Casts, wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you enjoy the show, you can rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or Podchaser. You can follow Piecing It Together on social media at PiecingPod. Join our Facebook group, Popcorn and Puzzle Pieces. And also we've got a Patreon, which has a whole bunch of bonus content, uh, but from all of these podcasts that I work on, as well as from my music career, which you all know I have a new album coming out, and I got a bunch of music-related stuff hitting that Patreon soon, so it's called Produced by David Rosen, because it's all-encompassing of all this stuff, and it's patreon.com slash Rosen. So check that out. We really appreciate your support. And the more people who sign up, the more content we're going to make for it. So very much appreciate your support. And speaking of my music, let's close the show out with a piece of that music. And uh, you know what? I think for this one, since this was a Bird Road crossover, I'm going to play the song that used to be the Bird Road theme song. It's called Free Fall. It's from my album Head Like Fire. And it used to open every show. Uh, we've transitioned to some new music you probably heard there at the top. But um, check out Freefall. This is my third album, Head Like Fire. But my sixth album, which is just self titled, it's called David Rosen, comes out October 4th. Yeah.